Welcome to Work-Life Changes and Remote Work in Organizations, a special and time-bound series of conversations. Now, these conversations were recorded to create material for the 21st Century Work-Life Podcast's 300th episode, and that was published on the 5th of May 2022. The conversations reflected on what had happened over the last three years in how remote work has been adopted, and they were so rich in content that I wanted to share them with you. They cover how our guests see remote work in organizations evolving, how they have changed their ways of working over the last three years, how work relates to the rest of their lives even. And in the last section, guests suggest content for future episodes of the 21st Century Work Life podcast, giving us some insight into what is going on in people's minds, what they want to learn about and hear about next. I'll introduce this episode's guest in a moment, but before that, if we haven't met before, my name is Pilar Orti, and you can find out everything about Virtual Not Distant, the company behind this show, over at virtualnotdistant.com. Enjoy. Listeners, for this episode, I would like to introduce you to Teresa Sigilito-Holema, who is the author of the book Virtual Teams Across Cultures, Create Successful Teams Around the World. And she's a cultural consultant focusing on teams and remote work. So she supports people and teams who work globally. You can find out more about her work at interact-global.net. And here's the first question for Teresa. We're looking really at uh, the last 100 episodes that we've released since June 2019. So thinking about the last three years, Teresa, what do you think is going to stay the same in remote work amongst knowledge workers? So, Pilar, this is a really good question. Let's face it, the last during the last three years, we had the pandemic, which just shook up everything. Not only uh, how we work together, but how we work virtually. So I think for me, what's going to continue coming out of this as we go forward is the desire for flexibility. I think people really like that. They like the be- ability to uh, be more connected with their things outside of work as well, to be able to maneuver and manage and with their agendas. So the ability to work when they are available and also participate in non-work things when they want to and combine that together in a healthy way, I don't think that's going to go away. So I also think that there will continue to be a desire to connect with humans. Now that sounds really strange, but let me explain. I think during the pandemic, people really missed each other. And I think that's great, Uh, or excuse me, I think that's not a surprise. And it was extreme, let's face it. We were all stuck in our homes and couldn't see people. So we missed, our colleagues, and we missed other humans as well. And as we continue forward, that doesn't mean we all have to go back to the office, not at all, 100%, completely not. But that does mean that as we continue to figure out flexibility and figure out hybrid and figure out working together, the technology needs to rise to the challenge of helping us to connect more as humans from a distance. So I'm looking forward to see what comes out of the developments, and I think that is a direction that it should focus on. You're making me think that we're also more aware that we want to connect as humans, that we get value from being with people in the same room. Maybe sometimes we took that for granted before. Yes, exactly. And no one who is working in the field of virtual and remote working would ever say don't meet 
ever. I mean, that's just <laughs> such an extreme. Of course, it is one of the tools on our list is face-to-face -face contact. But can we still be really connected with each other and not have to meet face-to-face? -face? And I think that's a, a nice challenge. And do you think that anything is, this is a bit of a strange question, uh, building on from the last one, but do you think that some anything's going to change drastically around the way in which we work online or in, 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 in work life? So, of course, I have an angle coming at this from uh, the combination of cultural diversity and uh, virtual work. So I work, I think about global teams and I think about diversity and how that shows up in the virtual space. So that's my angle of looking at this type of work. And what we've seen in the last couple of years, we've seen it for a while, but it's really gotten a lot of attention the last two years is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And how that is benefited sometimes by the virtual space, how we need to focus on it for inclusion, for people to be their best, how we have, let's say, these microaggressions that are happening, uh, some of them coming from unconscious biases. So I think this has started, I and I hope it continues to get the attention and the change that we need in work as well. So I think virtual work can support that in some ways, and uh, and we need to understand how and why and, and how we can be more inclusive in our organizations. Did you say, I mean, that, that uh, virtual work can be in some cases more inclusive or am I putting words in your mouth? No, I did say that. And so some people actually during the pandemic liked working from home. Let's say my, some people who are coming from minority groups because they didn't have these um, and I call, I'm using the word microaggressions because that's a, a common word, but I, I'm reading currently the book, uh, Subtle Acts of an Exclusion mm -hmm. by Tiffany Jana and Michael Baran. And I like those words better. So subtle acts of exclusion. So when we're in the office, some of us can experience those and they're de, you know, they're demotivating and we lose our energy and it's, you know, it's, it's not a very nice experience to have. Whereas in the virtual space, that doesn't happen as much because we're not, uh, people aren't doing them as often because we're not sitting in the same location together. So there is an opportunity that people can feel more included in some ways virtually. We also see this in some ways regarding cult global teams, multicultural global teams, that sometimes the technology can help us to be more included. So instead of having a meeting, if I can write my ideas or and read my read other people's ideas, then any language barriers can perhaps go be minimized and I can participate more because I don't have to be always speaking and trying to listen and speak in a second language. So using the variety of technologies in order to be more inclusive is a powerful opportunity within a global team. It's such, like you say, it's such an opportunity and as well also while we're growing that seeing some of the ways in which the use of technology without it being mindful could lead to more exclusion as well. I think in, in the opportunity to be more inclusive, we're also being mindful of when we could be excluding, which I think... I mean, we've always thought about that in the remote world. <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're advancing some people and actually some people get left behind. You cut, it's very difficult to do both, but I really like, um, I really like what you're saying. 
And I completely agree with you. It, this has to be uh, intentional. It has to be thought about how can because each team is different. Each team has different language capabilities, different cultural uh, dynamics, different time zone differences. Yeah, and so the leader and the team need to, need to give some consideration to how can we use the technology to be more conclusive for our unique context. Mm -hmm. Nice, and it's nice that you're bringing the global perspective of working online as well, rather than just the local teams with people working from home. Mm. Nice. So what about you? <laughs> uh, how has, well, if it has, how has the way in which you work changed over these last three years? Completely. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> completely. It's completely changed. And I'm still getting over the shock, but that's fine. Uh, so it used to be that my client, so I'm a consultant, a, a trainer, uh, and I used to fly often towards training locations where other people would fly in and we would have, for instance, a two-day training. And it was great. We could see each other, learn together. Uh, we spoke about cultural diversity. We spoke about virtual working, team dynamics, leadership. Now, I don't travel at all. It's all completely behind the screen. <laughs> and so I'm uh, de designing and giving blended learning programs. So there's something, for instance, I call a three by three. So it's three hours, three times. And in between, for instance, one, two or three weeks with some sort of homework or assignments in between that colleagues will do together. And it's, a, it's fine for me. I don't mind doing this. I, I, there's some real good benefits to this as well. But there's also some real good benefits from a learning point of view, because the learning actually gets closer to the work. It used to be that we were off-site, which has some advantages. You can you know, clear your head and things like that. But now, given the sort of the, the, the idea that you were in the office or we're at home, and then we have an assignment and we can apply the learning, I think there's some really interesting advantages from this new way of, uh, of giving programs for myself. I have to say I'm a great fan of not going for the whole day away for a training. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, what used to happen is that if you've traveled from, I don't know, let's take the UK, if you've traveled all the way from Birmingham to London for a course, you want it to be the whole day. Uh, but actually, I've, I've always thought in person, three hours, even you're talking about three hours, even in person for me, like three hours, it should be enough to, unless it's a very technical uh, topic. So I... I I agree, and I like the whole um, reassessing. It's really just about reevaluating some of the things that we've been doing for a very long while, and saying, "Well, what do you, how, how how did that work? When is that best?" Rather than the default. Yeah, I mean, people like myself who are now vir training virtually have to redesign how we give our messages, how uh, we engage the participants, the type of activities we have them do. So it's completely re redesigned, but it has some merits as well. And I, I think this is really an interesting for the future. <laughs> Great. And so how about how um, your view of what work is? Has it changed? What role does it play in our lives? Has that changed? What have you seen in general about how we view the world of work? This is a big question. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, Yes. So for sure, the pandemic has thrown a lot of our assumptions about work out the door. And that's great that we have been challenged and we're rethinking and rethinking leadership as well, rethinking how we engage with each other, where we need to work. 
And again, I'm going to back, go back to this idea of inclusion. I think that people are just not interested anymore in toxic work environments. I see this in articles more. I hear it from uh, participants a little bit more that, you know, there are some benefits from being out of the office. But on the other hand, how can we be in the office and be inclusive and really care for each other? So I'm, I'm noticing that has changed. And I've also noticed that the pandemic has, let's say, forced or encouraged some previous micromanagers to develop a more facilitative coaching, more, uh, uh, let's call it a, a more evolved method of leadership. Instead of thinking themselves as the center of the web, which they liked, they liked the busyness, they liked being able to be involved in everything. Now they are being much more of a coaching setting setting deliverables and then supporting much more of a servant leadership. And I think that's a great development if they can hold on to that as well. So I was very pleased and really happy for <laughs> the business world that I noticed that quite a few managers really rose to the challenge and developed themselves during the pandemic. Because let's face it, they almost had no choice. To be a micromanager remotely is really hard. It's tiring. It's almost impossible to do. So they thought, hey, how can I make this work and they develop themselves. And that was, I hope that continues. Yeah. I was listening to an episode today of a relatively new podcast, a long distance, long distance podcast. I can't remember. It's a Wayne Termel. It's the long distance uh, leadership people. Wayne Termel and Marisa Aikenberry talking about this. And Wayne was saying, yeah, good luck to all those micromanagers. You just cannot do that when you work at a distance from each other. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you've, you've seen this and you've seen that that change, which is, of course, great for everyone, not just the people who are working at a distance. True, true. And I hope it continues. Yeah. And um, what about your focus on global distributed work and uh, the focus on the online leadership regarding that. Have you seen any changes in how that is approached or it hasn't quite been a focus over the last, especially pandemic years? This is, uh, so you're asking sort of what's, what have I noticed in my own work? Yes. And uh, let me start two things. First is uh, the sales of my book. So uh, my book was published in September, 2020. And in fact, in 2022, I am selling more books than I did in 2021, which is unusual, right? Usually book sales go down over time, but in fact, mine are now starting to go up. And so I scratch my head quite a bit and think, hmm, what's going on here? Then I also look at the requests and my own work and what I've noticed uh, from my clients, but also what topics are being written about in online and Harvard Business Review and things like that. And during the pandemic, for sure, people were just trying to find each other out of the office and saying, how do I work virtually with somebody that I used to work with in the office? And so working from home was the focus. And then the focus was working hybrid. Hey, working from home, we had to do overnight. At least when we go and do the hybrid, we can be more conscious. So let's start preparing for that. Great. But now that people have sort of figured all that out, they're starting to realize, wait a minute, we're working with our colleagues far away. And fortunately, they've picked up some skills during the pandemic to improve how they are working with their colleagues in other countries and other continents, but it's still different. And so I think there's now going now becoming more attention towards working globally. And, uh, and that I think is 
is fa- fantastic <laughs> for me at least, but also because it's our reality and it's our, been our reality for many years and also during the pandemic. And it's different than just working from home. So it's good that people start thinking about how can I make that better as well. Yeah, great. It's um, probably revisiting a lot of, again, of practices that had just developed, that had just stuck there, that probably hadn't changed in like 10 years. And then thinking, actually, those colleagues over there, they're also remote colleagues (laughs) with that added real physical and cultural distance in some cases. So, yeah. I wonder as well that perhaps before the pandemic, people just thought they can wing it. Mm, They said, well, okay, I'll just write some emails and figure it out. And they didn't really focus on what does it mean to work remotely? What does it mean to work when my colleagues are from a distance? And then the pandemic woke them up to, wow, this is really different. I need to figure this out. So I think that curiosity and that recognition that there is something that is not normal or not the same as working in the office, that curiosity and recognition is encouraging people to say, let me figure out what it means to work globally again. And so interesting that you have insight into uh, people's interests through the sales of your books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Something's uh, happening. I'm not sure what. Yes, but that's uh, my, my my hypothesis. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm sure I will have uh, said it at some point in the in the intro. But just in case, is it virtual teams across cultures? Is that the name? Yes. Yes. Virtual teams across cultures. Thank Excellent. You. So do 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 give it a, a good read, uh, listeners. So. Then just then coming back into the the podcast, uh, thinking of so with uh, thinking of podcasts such as Twenty First Century Work Life, which actually the tag used to be where we talk about how the world of work and our attitudes to work are changing, and with time I moved it to where we talk about leading remote teams, online collaboration, and working in distributed organizations. What would you like to see covered in a podcast such as this one? Pilar, so I came to eventually you, but definitely to your podcast when I was trying to figure out what virtual work meant and what remote work went. So many, many years ago, and I came to your podcast and stayed there because you cover so many different angles on this topic. Uh, And you're able, because of your characteristics, to connect them together. And so I have already been just amazed at how you have viewed this topic, virtual work, remote work, et cetera. And uh, so when you ask me what is for the future, what needs to be included, I'm, I'm almost lost to think about what, because you already look at it at so many angles, which is what I admire. And then I would answer, well, maybe from a, more of a psychological point of view, but you're already doing that on another podcast with your <laughs> friend and your colleagues. So <laughs> you cover all the angles for me. I just continue to think that uh, the angle that I like is really what happens to us when we are working with technology, when we're working from a distance, when we're working with trying to collaborate with colleagues who are sitting in other countries, what happens to us psychologically, neurobiology, you know, all those levels as well. That's just the, my, my own personal interest. So can keep doing what you're doing. Cause I think you're uh, opening up the conversations with a variety of different angles and different people that makes it very interesting. That is say thank you because that is such great feedback in that I'm glad that you like the diversity because that's what keeps me going as well. And I am a bit sad that I decided to narrow it down, but you know, you can't cover everything. And also this whole thing about the psychology and the more maybe even I would think the more personal experience of 
living in a world where you have most of your work connections uh, online and stuff, hmm, there's something there. There's really something there. Yes, yes. Yes, right. absolutely. I mean, from so when I was writing the book and doing the research and un- understanding global teams, for sure, distance, that geographic distance impacts us psychologically. We think of things as being more abstract. But when we think about the uh, hybrid, we can narr- eliminate that abstraction because we can at least meet each other quite regularly and get to know each other as detailed people and not as abstract entities far away. Mm-hmm. So I think there's all these different dynamics that I think we're still learning about. And that's what I love about research is academia. They're, they are looking at this stuff for us and we're, there's a lot being investigated. And so we're all figuring it out together, let's say. And, uh, and so I think that as you can, as that continues to come to the fore, if you keep bringing that to us through the podcast, I think that's fantastic. Great. And you've probably done it, done it already, but I'll just give you some space in case there's anything else that you want to say to listeners and past guests before we wrap up. Congratulations, Pilar. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, impressive that you continued so long. Besides that, no, I, nothing uh, except good luck, everyone, as we figure out hybrid and as we figure out continue to explore virtual work. I'm excited about it. I think there's great opportunities. And I'm looking forward to learning together and making changes for a better humanity within our work world. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to hear your own thoughts about how you have changed your ways of working and what you think the future is for remote work inside and outside of organizations. You can use the contact form over at virtualnotdistant.com for your comments or reach out via Twitter. You can just look for me at Pilar Orti. And if you enjoyed this conversation, you might enjoy others we are having on the 21st Century Work Life podcast. So make sure you check out that show and subscribe. I have been Pilar Orti. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy. Enjoy.